Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello, TSF family, and welcome to our third ever Halloween special. In today's episode, we will be talking about The Walking Dead, New Mandela Effects, and Glitches in the Matrix. Mamas hacking the self help game with Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Christina. Happy Halloween, Anna. <laughs> I love this holiday, and I'm so happy we're doing a special on Halloween. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. Are your kids dressing up tonight? Yes. In fact, we dressed up. We were in Atlanta this past weekend and they do the Little Five Points Halloween parade. And so we we had our first run and my kids are going to our my daughter is Luna and my son is Draco Malfoy and he's got the long hair. He literally looks just like Draco. Like everyone right. is like moosing up his is hair. Is she Luna girl? Luna girl? From- Luna Lovegood. Oh, from Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Everybody in the okay. family. So I'm I'm Blightrix Lestrange because I, of course, wanted to be an evil witch. And then my husband is Hagrid, um, which is hilarious. Oh my hilarious. God, that's kind of perfect with this year. <laughs> in case, just for context, y'all, my husband's beard is like halfway down his neck and then his hair is probably like halfway down his arms. And it's really big and curly. Like he's got this massive. Oh, grown that much? Oh yeah. It's so long. I mean, he hasn't cut it probably in like a year and a half. He's got, he's got mega hair going on. So yeah. And he, and he, in pure dedication, put on this like really heavy, like jacket and had this pillow up, up in his shirt to like put on the weight because by my husband's like skinny as a rail. He's very buff, but he's skinny as a rail. (laughs) so he like stuck with it it was so hot it was in the 80s it, at this parade in oh the I sun. thought you were saying it was so hot like sexy <laughs> it was kind of sexy too his dedication to it was sexy <laughs> what about your kids what about your family my daughter is going to be a bat and my son is a koala and I'm going to be Morticia Adams oh nice does that mm-hmm. mean that is is Eric going to be Gomez? Well, 
I need to find him a wig like today if he's going to be. He hasn't accepted the offer, the request yet. But I think he has outfits that could be Gomez Adams-esque. But I've got the long black wig and the sexy velvet black dress. So it'll be fun. Yes. I uh, I think somebody was like, I don't think that Haggard and, and Bellatrix ever ended up together. I was like, you never know the fan fiction couplings that happen in Harry, in, in Harry <laughs> Potter. I read an entire said- <laughs> fan fiction on Dr- Draco and Hermione. But yeah. You sent me a really funny fan fiction thing about there was a bunch of women, like it turned into an actual cult where they thought Snape was really alive and that Snape was an entity that got into J.K. Rowling's brain and had her write the whole series just so that his followers could find him. And then like all these women consider themselves to be wives of Snape. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It was like an online Reddit cult or something yes interesting and and then the best part was at the end when they finally had a schism as would probably do in that kind of group um because it's based off of fiction so like it's just whoever the leader is is making up the new fiction is that they had like a, a a breakout in the group and they all decided that's that the entity had moved from snape into um, the the lead guy in NCIS. So the funny thing is, is that when they all had this schism and they broke up, like the group broke up, they decided that Snape was no longer the god of the universe. It was actually Jethro Gibbs from NCIS. And if you've ever watched that, like, for one thing, I think he's actually kind of a sketchy guy, has some stuff has come up about him as the actor. But I just, I just kind of appreciate that kind of delusion. I don't know. I don't know if you if you had to choose a single fictional character to form a cult around who would it be it's the first thing that comes to mind Harry Potter was the first thing I thought but you mean like a romantic one where you want to marry the guy yeah first one I I can't think of any yeah okay well that's good then you're safe oh man Anna you recently had a really cool reading didn't you oh my goodness I'm kind of scared to even put it out there like to talk about on the podcast because I'm scared his his already very hard to schedule books are going to be even harder to schedule when people learn about this guy but our shaman was like you need to book a session with this guy named Lawson Peterson he's a medium and he's really really good he's like 10 times better than that guy crossing over so I don't know if you guys remember but in the late 1990s there was this guy John Edwards and he had he was on a lot of shows and I think he even had a show it was called crossing over and he'd be in a room with people he'd be like all right who here lost a father whose last whose first name started with an r and like people someone would stand up he's like did he die from choking on a piece of cheese and she's like yes that's me that's my dad or whatever and it was really amazing, like how accurate he could be, but also he had like a room full of 200 people. It was like, whatever. Um, working on probabilities there, right? Okay. Well, what I'm trying to set, to set you up for is like, there are mediums that talk to the dead and I've only seen John Edward do it with a lot of accuracy, but he also did it in a group of like 200 people where he had like the chance anyways. Robbie's like, you got to see this guy. He's so much better than the John Edward guy. You just got to go and just see it. And I was like, but I don't have any questions. She's like, it doesn't matter. Book a session. So when Robbie says you got to book a session with this person, 
I do it because Robbie is very discerning about people. And so if she's like, this is the guy I got to go see him. So anyways, I booked my session. I was waitlisted. I finally saw him after three months and we get on and immediately he's like talking. He's like talking to my mom. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe you knew my mom died. He gets her name right, which is weird. But then the weird part is he's like, was she a Jewish convert? She's giving me the symbol for Judaism, but she's saying it was converted. And then she's showing me her breasts. Did she have cancer? I was like, well, maybe he researched me beforehand. But like, no, he got her name. He got her diagnosis, cause of death. He got the names of my siblings He that my mom was telling him. He got her cause of death, her, her religion. And he started telling me all these things about my mom. And I was like, this is just so freaking accurate. But I've had psychic readings before where we've talked to my mom. So it wasn't that crazy to me because my mom always in these psychic readings always pretty much says the same things. I love you. I'm so sorry I died. I'm so proud of you. And he wasn't really relaying any messages specifically from her that were like triggering a lot of emotions. Cause I've heard it before many times when I've done, like when I've had people channel my mom, but this was different. Cause he got her name and my siblings names and like other things. Like she was talking about my son. She's just like, what the hell? And then this is the funny part. He's like, Oh, and by the way, there's another woman here. She's older than you, but younger than me. And she died two years ago. And I'm thinking, who is he talking about? There's no one that I know that fits this description. And I was even thinking about my patients maybe like, but then all my patients that have died in the last two years were over 70 or 80. So I was like, I don't know who he's talking about. And he's like, oh, Lisa. And I'm like, what? He starts talking about my stepmom's sister who died two years ago at the age and he starts talking about where she died and how she died and her husband and everything is totally matching up to my stepmom's sister and I'm like this is crazy because there's no way online that he could connect the dots like that one was just like crazy and then she comes in and starts talking to me and it's totally stuff she would say and she's like guess which religion had it right about the afterlife and I'm like I don't know which one and she's like no them. And she's like, it's so amazing out here. And then she's like, and my parents were here to receive me when I got here. And like, and her parents had died before her and she starts naming them. And then she kept interrupting the session, which also is, was funny because this woman in life would have done that. And so I booked another session with him because I want to have another session and ask Liza to kindly just like stay in the sidelines and let me talk to, to Lawson. But the point is he also brought in my, my mother-in-law who's deceased who I never met. And she was naming all these facts about my husband and her, her husband. They're, they're just things that are no way in the world he could connect the dots online. And if he did put in the research, he would have had to have put in like 10 hours of research to find any of this out which would mean that he's getting paid less than minimum wage. Not possible. Exactly. Anyways, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. I'm going to put in the show notes that he was the clearest medium I've ever met. Um, everything he said was just spot on. And, and Robbie said the same. And I got another session booked with him because I wanted to have one where I, I have people that I'm not that close to. No offense, Liza, but I want to like talk a little bit more in depth with my mom about all her grandchildren I would just want to talk to Lawson a little bit further, but it was just really, really cool. Yes, you can talk to dead people. Um, yes, they're always here. 
And then it was funny because I was reading a Reddit post and it was like, am I the asshole for not wanting to go to a funeral? But I'm really scared of funeral homes because I'm scared of ghosts. And I wanted to be like, girl, they're everywhere. You can't escape them. They're not at the funeral home. They're not at the cemetery. They are wherever you are, whenever you think of them and more. So yes. anyways, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so great. And the thing that I love more than anything is that like I'm a psychic. I'm not a medium. Like I definitely am not a specialist, but you know, and you are too, and yet you still have this doubt about mediums. Oh, he <laughs> he cleared up any doubt because yeah. there was no way in the world. And the only reason why I went back on the internet and was like looking for connections is because my cousin was interested in booking a session. So she's like let's go online and Google you and your maiden name and see what comes up. Maybe he researched you, but there was no way. Like we were like, there's no way there's no, there's nothing. He could have found out the names of my siblings online, but everything else would have been impossible. And then like finding out that how my mom died and, and her religion, he would have had to clock like 30 hours of podcast listening to find the two points that I've ever even mentioned it. So anyways, uh, yeah, and I feel like that's just no, the, just the dude yeah. didn't do it. And, and no, no, no. And and like when you meet him, he's awesome. Like you don't get con yeah. man vibes at all. Like there's no way he did that. The funny thing is that um one of the stories that we were told was that he has so few available slots because his teacher was like, "You're getting a little bit." He's like, he's like, don't get a big head. We got to make sure you don't get a big head about your abilities. So you need to like basically. Where'd you hear see- that? Robbie told that story. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That basically his teacher who his spiritual teacher was like, wanted to make sure that he like kind of kept his ego in check because his abilities were so amazing that, you know, he could do it all the time and probably become like renowned, but that, that wasn't his path. Yeah. And so he only charges 150. It might change by the time I put his name in the show notes here, but the the caliber of mediumship that he's giving those people cost two thousand dollars or more but he's affordable like he's he's got good integrity um love the guy but i'm excited i'm having a session soon again and i just thought it was a good thing to talk about before we start our podcast episode today where we're going to be talking about ghosts yes but you're having a session with him aren't you i am in the middle of november so i'm excited about that i've never i don't know if i've ever really I think I've had a similar experience with my mom in terms of her coming back. Like it's never been a very clear message of anything, you know what I mean? Other than love you, whatever, but she's just never come up as a, as a kind of main point of topic in almost any reading I've ever done, which I always think is kind of interesting, but yeah. So. Yeah. Well, he kept being like, she's really loud and, and like big, I mean, big personality, which was true. And so it makes sense that my mom would like be like, cool, she's getting a medium session. I'm going to jump in, you know, because she's very prevalent in all the ones I've had. I suspect that I suspect that like with my mom being an actress and your mom being like a big personality, I'm sure that has like greatly contributed to like (laughs) us doing this now. If we've never made that connection before, um, I don't know. Do you think it's more, do you think it's more your dad or your mom's influence that makes it so that you're like comfortable talking in recorded presence? I don't know. I've never thought about that. My dad gives no fucks about anything. So probably my both. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. My dad is just, 
hilarious. My dad gives no fucks about anything. He, yeah. he, he, I mean, he cares, he cares about the people he loves, but I mean, he doesn't care if he sounds crazy. Oh yeah. Whereas my dad is so like, he doesn't ever feel comfortable really talking about anything out in the open. Like he is incredibly private incredibly private so it is all my mom's influence here and whatever else I have yeah yeah so well today we're talking about ghost stories did you want me to lead or you wanted to lead uh I'll start off with some like non not as full-on ghost stories here there was a couple of things there was one thing I wanted to update which was that there have been a couple of new Mandela effects if you guys remember that Mandela effects were like the the experience of of um like having a remembrance of a different reality like being some of the simple examples were like Berenstain Bears versus the Berenstain Bears or Stein Bears you know the Fruit of the Loom having a cornucopia like you know Shazam the movie obviously Mandela dying in the eighties versus not things along those lines and so one of the ones is I wanted to ask you do you remember how Bob Marley died. He had a cancer on his toe and it spread immediately. Okay. So I remember him being shot and dying from complications of being shot. What? Yeah. So that's a new Mandela effect is how it's he a died? New, it's a new Mandela effect is how he died. He wasn't shot. Yeah. So basically this is, this is what it says. One okay, person I'm gonna says, Google it. was talking about conspiracy theories last night with my husband and I said, I, I said, I, I still think, quote unquote, they had something to do with the melanoma that killed Bob Marley. And my husband was shocked and said that Marley didn't have cancer. He was shot to death. And he was adamant that Marley died when he was shot in an attempted assassination in 1976. So he remembers newspaper headlines and TV news stories about his funeral after the shooting, almost exactly like the whole Mandela thing. And it says, I was at, and then another person said, I was talking to my girlfriend two weeks ago about Bob Marley. Exactly what I said was, yeah, he was assassinated in the 70s. I'm shocked to hear now that he's now died from skin cancer. Yeah, I I have never, on my timeline, there was never any shooting of Bob Marley. Oh my God, we have a deviating timeline. I feel like every other one of our Mandela effects. Wait, are you sure? When did you remember hearing that he got shot? I remember watching something. I remember watching some sort of um, documentary about it when not like 20 years ago, like probably when I was in college. But who would shoot him? He was just a reggae seeker. No, but he was like doing all the stuff in the peace movement, right? Like he was like using the Rastafarian religion and things like that to be like a real mover and shaker in in Jamaica. And that that that's why he was shot. Weird. I don't have any memory of that. Yeah. I um, have, I, I ha- yeah. There's a there's a there's a subreddit called Mandela Effect in case you're wondering where I'm getting this from. But one of the things I love is it's like post new Mandela effects here and someone posts, does anyone remember being happy as a Mandela effect? Right. <laughs> that's sad. Uh but that's that was one thing I wanted to just kind of briefly share since we're kind of doing that kind of episode. And then the other thing I wanted to share is a concept called jamais vu which is what some people consider the opposite of deja vu. So I wanted to talk about a concept called jamais vu, which means um, nothing or or never seen. And as it compares to deja vu, deja vu is the original glitch in the matrix where we see the cat 
in the movie, he sees it twice and he's like, oh, deja vu. It's how they know that there's an actual glitch in the matrix, that they know that there's, that they've changed the code in the movie. Like that's kind of um, where the term glitch in the matrix come from. Obviously deja vu is a much, much older uh, concept in which you feel like you've been someplace before. Like you have a memory of, of being someplace before. Jamais vu is the opposite of that in which you are actually completely disoriented right? You're completely disoriented in time and space and you don't remember. It's it's like you've never been here before. It's like you can't kind of remember where you are. And so one of the 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 stories of it is uh, one that I got off of Quora. And it says, uh, yes, starting when I was about five or six years old, I tried to explain Jamais Vu, but no one knew what I was talking about. And in, in the in the first episode of Jamais Vu, I remember I was simply making my bed and out of nowhere had the sensation of not knowing where I was. I knew I was in my bedroom next to my bed, but I didn't feel like I was there. Since I was so young, the only way I could explain it was I felt like I didn't know where or what I was. Was I a dog or a cat or a Martian or what? And the more I tried to bring myself back into being in myself, the deeper the disconnect felt. And she says, I'm almost 70 years old, and I've had this kind of experience many, many times over the course of my life. There would be some stretches of time when it would happen frequently and other times months might pass without an episode and it's always disconcerting. And each time it happened, I would feel like it was the worst ever, but over time I learned not to get too upset about it as I had come to know that it would pass. And until I read about Jamais Vu, I was frustrated because I could never find someone else who had that kind of experience. Deja Vu is similarly intangible and ephemeral or however one might try to identify it. But if you try to explain an episode of Deja Vu to someone, they recognize what you're talking about because they've also experienced it. But I have never found anyone who recognized what I was talking about when I tried to explain it until now, which is what is called Jamais Vu. So you've experienced this, Anna? I've had, well, I've had experienced Deja Vu many times. Deja meaning already. And vu is the past participle of seen, de- yes. already seen. Yes. So deja vu. Yes. I've experienced deja vu a lot where it's like you see something or you experience something and you're like, I've seen that or done that before. Or I've been here before. I dreamt this before. Yes. One day of my life, I had deja vu for the entire day. What? The entire fucking day to the point where I'd be like, this is going to happen next. And then it would happen. Are you like, serious? It fre- <laughs> yes. It was freaking me the fuck out. And it, it scared the shit out of me to the point like to an apocalyptic level. Like I was freaking the fuck out. And I was like, look, this professor's going to walk in the room and, and right now. And I hand him the note. And then the professor walks in the room, just like I said. And I was like, fuck. And I like run out of there. And I think I'm crazy. Anyways, wow. that wow. was like my one day of psychosis or mania, but everything was deja vu. But like, I found out that someone told me, and I don't know if it's true that deja vu is when the information gets sent to the memory center before it gets sent to your registration center. So that's why it's like, you think you've seen it before, but it's just that like, the, it just kind of went in the wrong direction. But for some reason it kept happening the whole day, whatever. Interesting. Fucking Interesting that Anyways, you were in they, college. You were in college when that happened. Yeah, I was in college. Wow. Anyways, um, my sister thinks someone put like mushrooms in my food, but then how would that explain? Like, but how would that explain? Like, why I was able to be like, this is going to happen and then it would happen. But anyways, right. all that aside, I have had jamais vu once where I was like somewhere and nothing made sense and I couldn't even remember my name. And then it like came to me really quickly and I was like, that is so funny. I always thought the one thing I'd never be able to forget is my name and I did. 
anyways i literally have jamais vu all the time really i have it all the time i will i i i regularly have no idea what time of year it is all the time I have to find some sort of anchoring context in the world. Like sometimes I'll look around and be like, the leaves are falling. It's fall. Like I have, I like, I genuinely can say time is probably where I have the, the worst jamais vu. Like in terms of like, I'm just like, okay, okay. Think about it. What just happened? There were some, you know, I'm trying to find anchors in regular life to something that's happened to me recently so that I can tell what time of year it is. And then I wake up almost, I feel like people talk about waking up and not knowing where they are. I feel like that's a form of jamais vu, but it's like a, a location ver version of jamais vu. And then I have, I probably, I'd say probably three or four times a year, we'll have that sensation with all of the senses, right? So I know, I won't know what time it is. I won't know what place it is and I won't know who I am. So I definitely relate to jamais vu. And I do wonder sometimes if it has to do with spending a lot of time as my job in the etheric, right? Like in the place where identity is different, right? It doesn't like, it's not the same as like being, I spend a kind, it's not like I'm spending time out of my body. I'm just like spending time away from the, the, day-to-day -day of like this is what season it is this is what place I'm in and this is like who I am you know what I'm saying yeah I'm researching I'm looking at it and, and um do you ever get migraines or seizures nope okay because it's saying it could be that it can also be associated with stress fatigue sleep deprivation this is according to some medical news journal but yeah very very Interesting. I had deja vu yesterday when I was listening to the Israeli UN ambassador speech about yeah. the war and I had it then and I'm like, fuck, I don't think I want to be hearing this again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could definitely see that that would not be the case. I also feel like there's something with like the adjustment bureau. It was a Philip K. Dick novel. Philip K. Dick did Blade Runner and he wrote a bunch of short stories and things like that. He wrote the original Adjustment Bureau, but and then there was a movie that Matt Damon and Emily Blunt did for the Adjustment Bureau as well. Did you ever see it? The Adjustment Bureau is basically no. the concept that there is some sort of force and it's actually they're introducing it in the Marvel universe now that there's some sort of agency or force that's there to like fix timelines right to basically like change people's opinions about things to to make it slower or you know make it so that they're making it so that you're like running into someone that you shouldn't or that you're hearing something again because they have to redo something so they like will reset everybody and they will freeze everybody and then they will change something and then they'll replay it almost like we're we are actually in the videotape really just age myself there we're actually in the video right <laughs> and and doing stuff like that so I guess that goes back to the matrix things, but what ghost story do you have, Anna? What's your first ghost story? Okay. So I found these stories on Reddit. Now keep in mind, Reddit is there's no one censoring what you write on Reddit. We don't have any way of knowing if the author is believable or trustworthy or whatever, but I'm going to share them anyways. Cause I think they're interesting. You know, I wish, I wish I had some good ghost stories from friends to tell like people I actually trust and know, but I'm just going to, guess that people are telling the truth because like why would they lie on reddit i don't know 
maybe I have too much trust in human humanity. I, I feel like, I feel like this is a fun part though. We can test and see if we think it's true. Okay. Why don't we do that? Yeah. Well, this is interesting because it has to do with a, a, a mental health facility. And I don't know if I ever told you when I was in grad school, I used to work in the old mental health slash you know, asylum with bars all over the window on the Emory campus, which is now the continuing ed building, but it used to be an inpatient psychiatric hospital. So totally haunted vibes. Anyways, I don't know if I ever told you the story that one time I was working there late. Did I tell you the story ever? I think you may have told me it because I used to live next to that place, (laughs) like literally right next door to that place. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I remember what, like people, when I would tell them where I was working, they're like, that place was haunted. You know, it used to be the old inpatient hospital for um, psychiatric hospital, whatever. So I was there one night. I used, I had like a administrative job. I was like filing papers or making photocopies or whatever. And I'm all alone. Cause I was like, I want to clock in my hours. Anyways, I'm all alone in the building. Everyone had gone home and I hear the water go on like full in the bathroom and I was like that's weird I think I'm the only one here I must have left the water dripping in the bathroom when I peed a little while ago so I go back in the bathroom and I it's running and I turn the faucet off and it, they're old faucets like really old so I was like able to really tighten it like you know tighten it closed and I tighten the other one it's like two sink bathroom and I leave and then I start filing my papers or whatever and I hear the water and I don't think that I even had the guts to go turn it off. I just ran the fuck out of there. Oh, I just no. like, packed all my stuff, clocked it out, and left. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, God. Oh, that was man. Like before I knew enough to know I was safe, but I was, I was just freaking out. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. Cause I never, really, yeah, that's, that's, oh, I, I live in, you know, I live in Milledgeville, which is like, you know, a nickname crazy town because of all the, uh, the insane asylum, like the, the used to be the big, biggest mental institute in the world. And yet I feel like the ghosts that are downtown are like, it's just so funny to walk past buildings at this point. Like you said, it's like, you're kind of, it's like, I walk past the buildings and I see people inside of them. And then I look back and those people are not inside of them. And I'm just like, okay, it's okay. Like, it's, you know, I feel like to your point about like, I didn't know that they were safe. It, it does, it is very strange when you start to just normalize it. It really does make it a lot easier. But before you normalize it, it's terrifying. That sounds so terrifying. It was, yeah, without knowing what was going on, I was terrified. But yeah. now I'm just like, I would have probably just been like, hey, you want to talk? <laughs> Who yeah. are you? What's going on? Do you need to wash your hands? Yeah. Well, they're, they're usually confused. So, and this is true of anyone in a, in a, like with dementia, you just want to validate and accept the reality. Cause, cause if a ghost is turning on water, most likely they're just confused. So you don't want to be like, it's 2023. And who are you? You're a fucking ghost. That's scary. I just be like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So here is a, here is a, I'm, I'm, I'm giving people advice how not to scare or traumatize a ghost. <laughs> and that's Halloween on this spiritual fix. Okay. <laughs> Here's the story from Reddit. Here we go. I'm a psychiatric nurse. And earlier in my career, I worked at a residential mental health facility. One of our residents was an elective mute, which means that he didn't, wouldn't, couldn't talk, but there was no medical reason as to why. 
He had spoken earlier in his life and in fact seemed quite normal back then with the exception of being close to seven feet tall. He'd been raised in the deep South and joined the military when he was 19, but one night he vanished. He was declared AWOL, which means absent without official leave, which I had to Google, but I just always love the term AWOL and I wanted to know what it meant <laughs> anyways. And eventually he was declared missing and dead. Ten years later, a seven-foot-tall man walked into the VA hospital emergency room in my part of the Midwest and said to the receptionist, my name is Marion Duchesne, not the real name, and I've been dead for ten years. Those were the last words he ever spoke. He was covered with dust, and he was wearing the same clothes he'd been reported to be wearing the night he vanished. His social security number had not been used, and he had no identification on his person. However, they were able to identify him, I guess, via fingerprints. The family was notified, but they said that they had already grieved their lost man and that whoever was claiming to be him simply could not be. They demanded not to be contacted again. Marion paced all day, every day, moving his mouth that looked like talking or muttering, but no sound came out. He had an unnerving habit of throwing his head back with his mouth wide open as if he were laughing heartily, but not even a breath could be heard. If I talked to him, he appeared to listen, periodically throwing his head back in that laughter mimicky way of his. Various medications were tried, but they did not affect him either positively or negatively. Occupational therapy did nothing because Marion would just grin, and unless told to stay put, he'd get up and start pacing again. On my last day at the job, the last thing I saw was Marion pacing in the parking lot, throwing his head back to, quote, laugh. Later, I wondered if all along I'd been dealing with a ghost. All these years later, I still don't know. Mm, I like that. So what's your, what's your, is the, is the story true? When I test, I got, yes, the story is true. And Me yes, too. he was a ghost. Yes. I got the both. I got the same too. I'm getting chills. <laughs> okay. Do you have a story? Okay. So this is a story called evicted by a ghost. And it says shortly after college, I got married and we immediately moved into the basement apartment because that's all that was available within our budget. This place had a poltergeist and my wife was terrified. Oh, it's just, it, it had a poltergeist <laughs> aside, whatever resided there with us made it clear. It wanted to live alone. Dishes, glasses, and other items would fly off the shelf. And my wife was hit several times. There was always an ominous feeling like we were being watched. And at night, when we walked through the apartment in the dark, there would be an insanely bright flashes of light that would illuminate the entire room. One night while we were going to bed, as soon as my wife and I walked into the bedroom, we heard a voice from nowhere that says, my name, move. My wife looked at me. I looked at her and I said, you've got it, bud. We moved out two days later and stayed with our family. The, one, the old lady who owned the place died a few months later and the house was torn down. And it is still an empty lot to this day. Nothing but grass and a tree. And I still drive by it every now and again. Wow. I think that was an entity, not a ghost. Because I don't think ghosts would throw things at people or know like the current owner's name it, and the what, the idea is that poltergeists come from adolescent girls so adolescent girls are more susceptible to entity attachments at that age because there's like they're kind of open to a lot of negative self-talk oh yeah i saw a lot of ghosts when i was like pubescent yeah okay so let's check i test okay. that it's true and that it was an entity i got the same I got the same. Okay. I'm going to read a story now too. All righty. This is another story from Reddit. 
When I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. I flew into the nearest airport and rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles through a very rural and almost abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out it was one of the guys I attended school with, Jim, not his name, gets in the car and we start talking. I had not seen him in 20 years, but he still looked the same, maybe a little older. We get to town and I ask him if he wants to come to the VFW and have a drink. He says, no, just take me home. Jim's parents had lived only a few blocks from my grandmother's house and I turned in that direction, but he said to take him to the outskirts of town. There was a mobile home park out there and I figured that is where he lived. When we reached the end of the turnoff, he said, drop me here. It was good to see you again. And he walked off into the night. I go to the VFW, meet some of my old, that must be like a restaurant. I don't know. Okay. We met I think it's a veterans, club. veterans like club is what it is. Oh yeah. Okay. I met some of my old classmates. We started to talk. And as we're talking, who is coming to the reunion? I mentioned I had just picked Jim up three miles east of town and had dropped him off. Everyone gets quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and lays down the mic. My cousin goes white as a new t-shirt. Barb, Jim died on that curve eight years ago, rolled his car. We were all at the funeral. I was told. I started to feel really dizzy and I went out to the car to take some deep breaths. There on the seat is the local newspaper printed eight years previous containing Jim's obituary. I still have the paper. Wait, so he like dropped off the paper about his death? Like I'm getting chills. Yeah. So she comes back to the car and in the seat is a newspaper printed eight years ago and she starts looking through it and uh, it has his obituary. Uh, that's like a ghost that really wants to rub in the fact that you just picked up a ghost. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder if he's not a ghost, but just someone fucking with her, like an entity fucking with her. I don't know. What do you get when you test if it's a real story or not? It is a real story I get. Do you get that it's a real story? Yes. Is it, was it a ghost? It's not a ghost. I don't get I get that he was a ghost. You get that he was a ghost. I don't, I get that he wasn't, he was something in between a ghost and an entity. Interesting. Which is an interesting new category, but yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's a possessed ghost. <laughs> <laughs> a possessed ghost. Oh, trust me. I, um, I remember uh, I used to listen to this podcast called Mysterious Universe and, and, have stopped recently but like one of the stories that they told was that a lot of the time there are these entities that will uh and this is like let me just like temper this with like everybody put up your octahedrons around your body you know recognize that you're like bright and this is not going to happen to you is that when you like that there were these entities that basically got recruited they were ghosts right? And they usually were killed by an entity, right? So they usually had their their life force drained by an entity. And then once they died, they had a choice to either go into this like holding cell within like a version. It's like kind of a version of the collective unconscious that you like just wouldn't want to end up in. And they either get a chance to go to that holding cell and they're there for what feels like a very long time. And if they aren't there, then they basically then if they don't want to stay there, they get a choice to go out and then go and attach onto somebody else and kill them, usually by like a sudden heart attack or like a very sudden cancer diagnosis or something along those lines. And it was so funny because after I heard that, 
they were describing the place, the holding cell. And I remember that I was in the car and I was just like, I started doing some light work and I was like, I put, I have these crystals that I use in energy healing, like that they're kind of like etheric crystals or whatever. And I like busted it. I literally like busted into this holding cell and just like set so many of these entities free because it was just such a fast, it, to me, it was, it felt like such a nefarious plot. Like li- just imagine like an afterlife, like con, you know, and it's like, guess what? We're going to kill you really quickly and suddenly. And then we're going to just like accidentally put your body or your, your soul in this other place. And then tell you that you have to like, you have to recruit more people for this place in order to be free yourself. So that's, that's like an example to me of like a possessed ghost, uh, just to like use your example. Yeah. I got one more story. Do you? Oh, please. No, go ahead. All right. One more story from Reddit. I worked as a forensic nurse in a hospital lockup unit. We had one older lady who swore she was being haunted and abused by a demon she would call Tiberius. So many crazy things happened while she was on the unit. We'd go into the room, do normal care, leave, and seconds later, she'd start screaming bloody murder. We'd run into the bedroom to find her looking like she'd been in a fight with a boxing champ. Bloody lip, black eye, markings all over her body. No one ever saw her doing this stuff to herself. Things would get moved around the room by themselves. At one point, she was in protective restraints because the doctor thought she was hurting herself. There was no way she could have moved or done anything to herself while in these restraints. You know how they are. They're like those fuzzy, those cozy little wrist restraints that they attach to the hospital bars. Yes. I can't imagine they're cozy, but yes. Well, (laughs) they look look cozy. (laughs) Um, There was no way she could have moved or done anything to herself while in these restraints, but new marks would always appear on her and the tray slash cart would be across the room. The room was secure, so there was no way someone else was doing this. When we would ask her questions, she'd just say it was Tiberius. After she discharged, we always had trouble with that room. If there was going to be a rapid response or a code, it happened in that room. One night, a guard reported lights blinking on and off. It was, of course, that room. I get that it's real and that it was some sort of force. Yeah, I'd, say, same I'd say more of the Catholic demons. I kind of give them their own category. Um, like with the 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 Pope's exorcist, they they deal all with like a very specific brand of Catholic demon, which I don't often run into almost ever. Like the vast majority of demons that I run into are very, very different. And there aren't the ones that were named and kind of have like this whole identity, like it's a very interesting thing but the thing that i just can't i have to lament in that story is like the materialist view of reality literally was like we don't trust that this woman is self-harming in the brief moments in which she's away we're not going to video it or we're not going to like get proof that she's not doing it to herself so we're just going to restrain her so that it's even fucking worse to be in a room with a demon and you can't even defend yourself like <laughs> physically because you're restrained. I just can't even like, oh my God, we're so in the dark ages. I just still feel like we're in the dark ages. I really do. So to end the Halloween special, I'll read one more Reddit story. This is from the top post of all time in the glitches in the matrix. And this one's called mom died years ago. Dad got a phone call from her. My mom died 13 years ago. About four years ago, my dad was on vacation in Arizona with his girlfriend. He said he was watching TV and the hotel phone rang. He answered it and it said it was my mom's voice saying, I'm okay. He said, Cass. And he said the phone was crackling. And she said, tell Heather, me, like the author, 
I'm okay. He said his girlfriend was confused why the phone would ring. He immediately called me, even though it was late and he was crying. My dad doesn't believe in the supernatural, but still to this day can't explain that call. And then like, here's a top comment in there. My mother was murdered when I was 16. About three or four months later, my aunt got a static-filled phone call one night with my mother's voice saying, I'm okay, tell the kids I love them. About that same time, I walked into my grandparents' house one early evening. I lived with them. Nobody was home when I got there that day. And I heard my mom's voice say my name, clear as day. I even knew where the voice came from and immediately looked in that direction, in the corner where the phone was located. Oh, Mm. there was nothing there scared me out of my wits i later told my grandmother about it and she said your mommy didn't mean to scare you and she won't bother you anymore to this day i can't explain either incident you know i like to watch a lot of like true crime stories and like um those open case files and a lot of times people will get a staticky phone call from the person a few months after they disappear and i used to think like oh they got their kidnapper's phone, but now this is like a long time ago before cell phones. I'm wondering now if it was ghosts. I, it makes a lot of sense. I recently watched, I have no idea how I got into it. It was like, I was on YouTube probably uploading something and there's this, this channel called Sam and Cody and they do a bunch of like haunted. They do a bunch of like, uh, they're paranormal investigators and they're classic Gen Z paranormal investigators, right? In the sense of just like uh, kind of flippant and also like always challenging each other to do something bigger or, you know, more scary or more quote unquote dangerous. And they were in the conjuring house and it was really fascinating because, you know, one of the the paranormal- Wait, what's the conjuring? What's the conjuring, the conjuring house. Oh, did you ever see the movie, The Conjuring? It's a, it was one in the, in the universe, quote unquote universe of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were demonologists. And so the first movie in that series, Annabelle is also in that series, which is about the haunted doll. Um, but, uh, the conjuring is basically about, uh, the parents who, uh, were alive in the seventies. And it was like one of the worst examples of trying to de um depossess the mother of this family so basically if you can see the movie you can kind of see that it gets dramatized but the idea being that like it all culminated in this seance in which the mother was basically her chair was picked up and she was thrown across the room and everyone thought that she died because it was like so so intense this place and so you can go back to this place and there is, you know, you can go back to the house and the house has very, very active ghosts, right? Wait, like, so what you just told me was a dream or what? No, it was actually Meaning real. a movie. It, oh, that it's a movie happened. based on real life. Yes. Based on oh, actual okay. experience. So thank you for that clarification. The Conjuring is based on a real life possession, you know, demon, um, it, entity removal process that Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were known to be demonologists, did back in the 70s with the Perrin family, P-E-R-R-O-N. And that house has a history of things happening in that space to the point where Abigail Evans is the main protagonist ghost that sits in this place and she very readily communicates with people. And it's really fascinating because in this YouTube in this YouTube clip with Sam and Cody, they are basically they have come the the people who live in the who are uh, tour guides at the Conjuring House. 
two of them, there's a woman, her name is Satori, and I can't remember the man's name, but when they touch the knocks in the house become super loud. It's like they have this weird medium ability between the two of them. It doesn't even have to be in the house. They they like they tested it and they they took this ability everywhere and they like gave them new shoes and they tried to do everything they could to debunk the experience. But basically when these two people held hands or touched each other, they created some sort of circuit and that circuit made it so the ghost could come through very, very rapidly. So they basically have like almost like reinvigorated the whole tapping, knocking, you know, seances of old and the, these I'm very ghosts. confused. So okay. when they tell these two tour guides hold hands, things start tapping. Yeah. Like you'll hear knocks. And so what they do is they go through the alphabet and they'll be like A, B, C, D, and there'll be a knock. And then they'll be able to spell out words like a Ouija board right? They'll be able to spell out words and incredibly accurate information will come out from these ghosts. These ghosts will oftentimes like have identified themselves that are in the house, but these ghosts will be very like clearly saying, Hey, this person's present. And they'll say the name of a relative that is somebody in the room. And there's no way that the, the two tour guides would be able to know the like obscure name of somebody's like great grandfather. Right. And so it's this interesting new form of mediumship. It's probably an old form of mediumship that's coming out in this conjuring house, which is interesting. We can put the link in the show notes if anyone's interested in seeing it. So I, and they're just tour guides and they're just tour guides who happen to one day hold hands and realize they created this thing. And you literally will watch them. It's like you watch them hold hands and the knocking starts. And then as soon as they stop, the knocking stops and they tried literally everything they could to debunk it because they're paranormal they take investigators. Them to other buildings, other buildings, other- parks, everywhere you want to go. They took them everywhere and a everywhere. Park? Where would you hear the, like they could hear the knocking on the ground. It was like somebody was stomping on the ground and you can hear it in the, you can hear it in the actual video. Oh, definitely send me that YouTube thing. I want to see it. Yeah. It's, it's long, but it's really good. It's a, it's interesting. I just never, I, I just stumbled upon it and I kind of got stuck, sucked into it for sure. Well, I hope everybody has an awesome Halloween tonight. Happy Halloween y'all. Thanks for listening to this Halloween episode of TSF. You can go back and listen to previous Halloween episodes if you would like more spookies and more of our unique TSF perspective. Enjoy y'all. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.